this R5? It looks like we got a transmission coming in. Hello, Lieutenant. Two quick things about the podcast you're about to hear before you jump into hyperspace. First, beware of spoilers on the path ahead. The Star Wars Expanded Universe primer doesn't cover everything, but what it does cover, it may spoil. There's no punches pulled here. And second, this podcast is a non-profit fan production produced for the enjoyment and use of the fans. It's an educational resource, and all rights to the Star Wars saga are retained by Lucasfilm and their proper parties. No infringing claims are intended here. With those two facts in mind, enjoy the show and the journey ahead. You heard the man, R5. On with the show. The Star Wars saga is a vast space fantasy that spans the rise and fall of powers and principalities over the course of over 36,000 years. Luckily, newcomers to the saga's official continuity do not need to know every aspect of this long and varied history. Instead, a general knowledge of a series of key events can help a new reader get off on the right foot without being too confused by the scope of it all. Thus, for your listening and learning pleasure, Nathan P. Butler, creator of the Star Wars Timeline Gold, now presents a Star Wars Expanded Universe Saga Primer for new Star Wars fans and those just new to the Expanded Universe. Join us as we recap the story so far in a galaxy far, far away. Part 3. The Empire. Rising and striking back. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. Nineteen through zero years before A New Hope. In the nearly two decades that span between the end of Revenge of the Sith and the beginning of A New Hope, the Jedi Purge continues, albeit unofficially, as the Jedi are all but erased from the galaxy. After a stint as a double agent within the Empire, a surviving former Jedi student named Ferris Olin, whose adventures are covered in the Last of the Jedi Young Reader series, will come to be tasked by Obi-Wan with watching over Leia on Alderaan, just as Obi-Wan watches over Luke on Tatooine. The characters of the Republic Commando series are deeply affected by Order 66, which led to the death of Clone Commando Darman's lover and secret wife, Jedi Knight Etienne Termukan. Moreover, while many of the series' heroes are able to escape from Coruscant, several remain behind, trapped in Imperial service. This led to the relaunch of the Republic Commando series as its follow-up, Imperial Commando, covering their adventures in this era. The departure of Republic and Imperial Commando author Karen Travis from Star Wars Publishing, however, has brought a premature end to this series with numerous questions still left unanswered. Meanwhile, the Mandalorian culture that provided so much of the lifestyle for the clones of Republic and Imperial Commando finally merges back into one warrior culture, when the warrior dissidents of Mandalore, previously banished from their homeworld to its moon, finally retake their planet, ending the reign of the pacifist New Mandalorians. Early in this era, Darth Vader, seeking power to overthrow Emperor Palpatine and rule himself, arranges to come into possession of the ancient Sith stasis chamber that still contains the preserved, very much alive Celeste Morn and the mirror talisman she wears. Unfortunately, Celeste refuses to serve him or turn over the talisman, 
So she is left, awakened, stranded on a desolate moon. It will take nearly two decades for her to find a way to escape. Celeste's adventures in this section of the Vector crossover take place in the comic book series Dark Times, which covers the actions of a smuggling starship crew, a Jedi survivor of Order 66, and other darker aspects of this era. The Empire grows even stronger, but small pockets of resistance to Imperial rule spring up in numerous locations over the years, albeit disorganized for much of that 19-year gap between film trilogies. Amid this backdrop, in the Han Solo trilogy, a young boy named Han Solo grows up as a slave to a space pirate, eventually joins the Imperial Military Academy, and leaves the service after saving the life of a Wookiee slave, Chewbacca. The duo grow to become one of the most notorious smuggling teams in the galaxy, leading them to run cargo for the crime lord Jabba the Hutt. It is while running some illegal spice, a drug, for Jabba that Han will be forced to dump that cargo, leading to a very unhappy Hutt putting a bounty on Han's head. Also during this era, Jango Fett's unaltered clone son, Boba Fett, gains notoriety as an infamous bounty hunter, known to many as the best in the galaxy. His path will eventually cross with Han Solo's, bringing about a long-running feud between the two. This is also the era in which somewhat frivolous adventures of the Ewoks, seen in Return of the Jedi, and the droids R2-D2 and C-3PO are told through two short-lived cartoon series, Ewoks and Droids, various children's book and comic spin-offs of both, and the later Dark Horse Comics droids comic book series. Also in this era, Jedi Asherod Het, who has survived the Clone Wars, is discovered by the advanced scouting vessels of the Yuzhan Vong, the same race that once inhabited the mysterious planet Zunama Sikot, covered in the prequel trilogy-era novel Rogue Planet, a prequel to the New Jedi Order novel series set decades from now. Asherod is questioned and tortured by Verger, a former Jedi Knight in service to the Vong, but when his goals do not fit theirs, he is allowed to leave, but not before Yuzhan Vong growths in his body begin to transform him in deadly ways. He will spend over a century in and out of stasis to keep himself from being overcome by the Vong growths in his body, even as he, having fallen to the dark side and having dubbed himself Darth Krait, learns Sith secrets from Sith holocrons and creates a new Sith order, the so-called One Sith, in hiding until the era of the legacy comic book series. This era also sees the adventures of other less mainstream Star Wars heroes, such as Imperial Intelligence Agent Jahan Cross, whose adventures in the Agent of the Empire comic series are a sort of James Bond in Star Wars series of tales. In the period three to two years prior to the Star Wars A New Hope film, the events of the multimedia tale The Force Unleashed, a novel, comic book, and video game project, tells the tale of how the Rebel Alliance officially formed. Galen Marek, a young child of a Jedi Knight, discovered by Darth Vader shortly after the events of Revenge of the Sith, has been crafted over the years to be Vader's secret apprentice, codenamed Starkiller. When Galen is discovered by the Emperor, Vader is forced to kill him, faking his death and sending him out on a new mission. He tells Galen that he is to bring together the Emperor's enemies to create an alliance of rebellious factions in the galaxy, so that they can keep the Emperor distracted and allow Vader and Galen to overthrow him. In reality, it is all a plot hatched by Vader to bring together the Emperor's enemies to wipe them out. Galen, now in love with his pilot, Juno Eclipse, and learning a bit from his experiences with embittered Jedi Ram Koda, brings together the Emperor's enemies, including Bail Organa, Garm Bel Iblis, and Mon Mothma as the three major representatives of those groups, to forge an alliance to restore the Republic, Rebel Alliance. After Vader reveals his true intentions and tracks them to Corellia to capture them all for the Emperor, Galen gives his own life in rescuing them. In the aftermath, the Rebel Alliance is truly born on Kashyyyk, under the Corellian Treaty, 
named for where it was to have been signed initially, and using Galen Merrick's family crest as the official symbol of the Alliance. Galen Starkiller Merrick would return, however, as an escaped clone created by Vader during the Force Unleashed 2, which leaves Darth Vader captured by the Rebel Alliance, which now counts this clone amongst its ranks. With the possibility of a third The Force Unleashed game virtually non-existent, we can only assume that Vader somehow escapes and Starkiller leaves the stage in one form or another. Over the two years after its founding, the Rebel Alliance steals plans for the Empire's Death Star Battle Station, but the number of stories that claim to tell how the Alliance steals the plans, Rebel Dawn, Lethal Alliance, Soldier for the Empire, Dark Forces, and so on, makes the actual story of the plans being stolen somewhat convoluted. A New Hope The zero year for the Star Wars calendar is the setting of Star Wars A New Hope, the very first Star Wars film released in theaters in 1977. The film saga picks up 19 years after the end of Revenge of the Sith. Luke Skywalker is now an adult, still living with Owen and Beru Lars on Tatooine. Leia, on the other hand, is going by the name Leia Organa, taking the name of her adoptive family, and has now become the senator for Alderaan in the Imperial Senate. As the film opens, the Organa family's starship, the Tantive Four, is pursued by Darth Vader, whom Leia has no idea is her father, of course. Vader's Imperial Star Destroyer, the Devastator, captures the Rebel craft, bringing it aboard. Captain Antilles is killed and Leia is captured, but not before she can load the Death Star plans into R2-D2, allowing R2-D2 and C-3PO to escape with them to the planet Tatooine below. After being picked up by Jawas, desert urchins that are known for fixing up and selling goods to settlers, the droids are sold to a local moisture farmer, Owen Lars. In this fashion, the two droids that once belonged to Anakin Skywalker and Padme Amidala have come into the possession of Anakin's stepbrother and his wife, Owen and Beru Lars, and by extension, Anakin's son, Luke Skywalker. Luke has lived all his life with the Lars family, believing that his father was simply a starship navigator who died before he was born. Knowing that the stolen plans were not aboard the Tantive Four at the time of capture, Vader sends his Imperial Stormtroopers down to Tatooine in search of the plans. When they discover traces of droids leaving R2-D2 and C-3PO's escape pod, they slaughter the Jawas, then head for the Lars moisture farm. Meanwhile, Luke has been led by R2-D2, who keeps babbling about being on a mission for the mysterious Princess Leia in a partial recording Luke managed to activate, into the desert. R2-D2 is in search of the man that Leia's message says it is meant for, Obi-Wan Kenobi. When Luke is attacked by Sand People, the same society of beings that, unbeknownst to Luke, killed his grandmother, Shmi Skywalker, an old man named Ben Kenobi saves him. Ben, of course, is actually Obi-Wan, who has stayed nearby all these years to ensure that Luke is safe until the time is right for Luke to go out into the galaxy on his own. Obi-Wan views the message from Leia that R2-D2 is carrying. It asks that he deliver R2-D2 and the stolen Death Star plans to Bail Organa on Alderaan. Knowing that he will need help to do this, Obi-Wan asks Luke to go with him. He also tells Luke the truth, well, sort of, about his father. He tells Luke that his father was a Jedi Knight. He claims that one of his former pupils turned to the dark side and became Darth Vader, who then helped hunt down the Jedi Knights. In this way, Obi-Wan's fallen former student, Darth Vader, betrayed and murdered Luke's father, Anakin Skywalker. This is, of course, a distortion of what Yoda had said years earlier about the real Anakin being dead and consumed by the new Darth Vader. But it amounts to a lie to protect Luke at this point in his life. He also gives Luke the lightsaber that Anakin had used during the duel with Obi-Wan on Mustafar, which Obi-Wan had kept for Luke over the years. 
Before being able to help see Obi-Wan to a transport to get him to Alderaan, they come across the Jawa Sandcrawler that the Imperials attacked. Realizing that this could lead the Imperials back to the Lars homestead, Luke races to his aunt and uncle's aid, only to find the Imperials have gotten there first. Owen and Beru Lars are dead. Now there is nothing to keep Luke on Tatooine. He chooses to go with Obi-Wan to Alderaan and learn the ways of the Force to become a Jedi like his father. Soon, Obi-Wan, Luke, and the two droids arrange for passage to Alderaan with the smuggler Han Solo and his partner Chewbacca. After Han is hassled by Jabba the Hutt and his goons, including Greedo, whom Han is forced to kill, over money that Han owes Jabba from a ditched spice shipment, and once Imperial troops show up at the docking bay, they are forced to blast off from Mos Eisley Spaceport in the Millennium Falcon and escape into hyperspace. Aboard the Death Star, Leia refuses to give up the location of the Rebel Alliance's secret base on Yavin 4. Finally, in a lesson to her of the power of the battle station, Grand Moff Wilhuff Tarkin, the battle station's commanding officer, uses the Death Star super laser to destroy Alderaan, blowing the entire planet to bits. If this weren't enough of a show of Imperial power, the Emperor also flexes his political might around the same time, officially disbanding the Imperial Senate, and giving over power in individual star systems to Imperial governors, Moffs, instead. Shortly thereafter, the Millennium Falcon enters Alderaan space, discovering only what amounts to a huge asteroid field left from the planet's destruction. Before they can escape or make other plans, they are captured in a tractor beam and pulled aboard the Death Star. Luckily, Han had smuggling compartments built into the ship, allowing them to hide until they are able to waylay a pair of stormtroopers and slip out of the ship unnoticed to take out the tractor beam generator. As Obi-Wan slips off on his own to deactivate the tractor beam, sensing Vader's presence in the space station as well, but not noting it to anyone else, the others discover that Leia is being held captive and prepare to save her. Using their stolen stormtrooper uniforms, Luke and Han pretend to be delivering the Wookiee Chewbacca as a prisoner to the cell block, while the droids remain tucked away in an office. Once in the cell block, they blast their way through Imperials and free Leia, only to have themselves forced into a hasty retreat into a garbage compactor. One close call with some compacting walls later, they are again on their way back to Millennium Falcon. They are soon forced to split up, but still make their way to the ship, as do the droids. But what of the tractor beam? While they were busy with the Imperials, Obi-Wan was able to deactivate the tractor beam. But on his way back to the ship, Obi-Wan comes face to face with his former Padawan, former brother, Anakin Darth Vader Skywalker. Sith Lord and Jedi Master duel fiercely, this time surrounded by the artificial, cold, sterile walls of the Death Star, rather than the natural, super-hot Mustafar landscape. As they duel, just outside of the docking bay, the other heroes emerge into the area, seeing the last moments of the duel. Able to retain his essence in the Force, thanks to the teachings of his former master, Qui-Gon Jinn, Obi-Wan knows that he can become one with the Force, powerful in that sense, and still help guide and train Luke, even in death. He sacrifices himself, allowing Vader to cut him down, but promises to become more powerful than Vader can possibly imagine. In the wake of his death, the others, urged on by his spirit, escape from the Death Star. Unfortunately for the Rebels, the Death Star tracks them to their destination, the fourth moon of the Yavin system, Yavin 4. There, the Rebels have set up a base inside the temples that Naga Sadao had created and Exar Kun had used in millennia past. The Rebels analyze the plans for the Death Star that R2-D2 carries. They discover a weakness in the station, a small exhaust port that, if properly targeted with a proton torpedo, could cause a chain reaction that would destroy the entire battle station. To do so, though, the Rebels will have to send in squadrons of starfighters, X-Wings and Y-Wings, rather than heavy battleships, which would not be able to navigate the narrow trench that leads to the exhaust port target. As the Death Star arrives, Gold Squadron and Red Squadron, including Luke, the future Rogue Squadron leader Wedge Antilles, and Luke's childhood friend Biggs Darklighter, take to space. 
Han and Chewbacca intend on leaving to pay back Jabba the Hutt with the reward they received from saving Leia. As for Leia and the other rebel leaders, they are monitoring the situation in the war room. During the Battle of Yavin that ensues, many rebel pilots die, including Biggs. However, Wedge escapes with his life, and Luke, guided by Obi-Wan's spirit, uses the Force, and a little backup by Han, who returns, proving he might have hero potential after all, and fires the fateful shot that destroys the Death Star. Unfortunately, Darth Vader was in a TIE fighter, an Imperial starfighter, during the battle chasing down Luke until Han drove him off. That means that Vader survives the battle, even if Tarkin and the rest of his Imperial cronies on the Death Star are blown to smithereens. The day, though, has been won, and the Rebel Alliance has won a major victory against the evil Galactic Empire. Zero to three years after A New Hope. This era is unusual in Star Wars, as it contains stories produced for longer in the life of the saga than any other era. But it is also so cluttered that many stories contradict or pile upon each other to the point where very few stories in this era have any real impact on other stories. A few major events and developments, however, are important to note. In the three years immediately following the Battle of Yavin and A New Hope film, the Rebel Alliance is forced to evacuate their base on Yavin 4, knowing that the Empire is on its way to exact its vengeance for the destruction of the Death Star. An Imperial blockade is formed around the moon, eventually including a new, much larger superstar destroyer, Darth Vader's personal flagship, the Executor. Luckily, the Rebels are able to slip past the blockade and make it to safety. They then spend the next month searching for a new, secure base location. The evacuation is told in different ways in different sources, such as classic Star Wars Escape to Hoth, The Imperial Spy, and other tales, so there is some conflict as to how those events transpired. The search for a new rebel base is covered primarily in numerous comic books, including the first portion of Marvel Comics' Star Wars series, the Splinter of the Mind's Eye novel, and so on. Early in this era, in the Rebellion comic book series, during its portion of the Vector crossover, our rebel heroes find themselves on the moon where Celeste Morn and the Muir Talisman have been stranded for nearly two decades. With new rat ghouls created by the Talisman, she steals a ship and escapes into space, not to be seen for over a century. Meanwhile, both Han Solo and Luke Skywalker compete for Leia Organa's affections. Luke, of course, has no idea that she is his sister any more than she has any idea that Luke is her brother, or either of them have any idea that Darth Vader is their father. Her attention varies, slowly coming to lean a bit towards Han. Speaking of Han Solo, he gives his reward for finding Leia back to the Rebel Alliance and becomes an active Rebel leader himself. This does, however, mean that Jabba the Hutt spends three years fuming over Han never paying him back, which leads to an increasing bounty on Han's head. Han and Chewbacca also briefly return to Chewie's homeworld of Kashyyyk in the infamous Star Wars Holiday Special, which aired in 1978. As for Luke, he slowly learns more about the Jedi arts, though most of his experience comes in using his father's lightsaber rather than in other Force abilities. For that, he'll need a true Jedi Master. He also comes to be in command of Rogue Group, one half of the newly formed Rogue Squadron, the second half of which is Commander Nera's Renegade Flight. When Renegade Flight is eventually wiped out at Dara 4, immediately before the Empire Strikes Back film, actually in the first episode of the radio dramatization based on the film, Luke takes command of Rogue Squadron. As for the Empire, it continues to hunt for rebels, destroying many rebel outposts. What's more, the Emperor has commissioned the construction, or construction acceleration, of a second Death Star. As for the Rebels, they have found a new base location in the form of the ice planet Hoth. There they set up Echo Base, and evade the prying eyes of the Empire. 
for a time. Three years after A New Hope. We now enter the era of The Empire Strikes Back, released in 1980. Just over three years after the Battle of Yavin, the Rebels' luck finally runs out when the Imperial Star Destroyer Avenger, part of Darth Vader's Death Squadron of Star Destroyers, happens upon the Rebel base on Hoth with one of its probe droids. At around the same time, Luke and Han are on separate patrols on ice-roaming beasts called Tauntauns when Luke is attacked by a Wampa ice beast. He is able to retrieve his lightsaber and escape the Wampa's lair, but he is wounded and weary and falls to the snowy ground. It is while prone that he sees a vision of Obi-Wan's spirit, who tells Luke to go to the planet Dagobah to be trained as a Jedi by Jedi Master Yoda, who has been in seclusion on the Swamp World for decades. Luke is saved by Han, who goes out into a blizzard to help his friend, but the joy at Luke's rescue is short-lived, as the Empire begins bearing down upon Hoth. In order to cover the Rebel Alliance fleet's escape, Luke leads Rogue Group and Snowspeeders against incoming Imperial Adat walkers, huge, armored, mechanical, four-legged tanks that look like beasts. Meanwhile, when Leia is cut off from her escape transport, Han, who is intending on leaving the Alliance soon to pay back Jabba with money he has made recently, decides to help her by taking her, along with Chewbacca and C-3PO, aboard the Millennium Falcon. They escape just as Darth Vader and his stormtroopers enter the Echo Base docking bay and see them flying off. As the Battle of Hoth ends, Luke leaves in his X-Wing, with R2-D2 in the droid socket of the craft. Rather than immediately reuniting, our heroes are scattered in different directions. While the majority of the Rebel fleet makes its way to a new rendezvous point, Luke makes his way to Dagobah, like Obi-Wan suggested. There, he and R2-D2 meet Yoda, who initially refuses to train Luke. At Obi-Wan's urging and Luke's promise to finish what he begins, Yoda reluctantly agrees to train young Skywalker. He remains there on Dagobah. Meanwhile, Han and the others are forced by a failing hyperdrive to remain close to Hoth. After hiding within an asteroid field, and in the belly of a space slug, they are able to get away from Hoth and to the planet Bespin. There, they intend to get help from Han's old friend Lando Calrissian, who is the Baron Administrator of Cloud City, a gas mining operation. Little do they know that they are being followed by the infamous bounty hunter Boba Fett, just one of the many bounty hunters that Darth Vader has hired to capture the crew of the Millennium Falcon, which, in turn, would bring Luke running to their aid and into his clutches. After a short time on Cloud City, Lando betrays his old friend and the others to the Empire. He really has no choice, though, as he has to choose the safety of a few friends or the safety of the entire community he's responsible for on Bespin. C-3PO is blasted by stormtroopers, but later fixed by Chewbacca, while the others are put in a cell. Eventually, Han tells Chewbacca to protect Leia, even as Han is positioned to be frozen in carbonite. Vader intends to test the carbon freezing process on Han to determine if a human can remain alive in suspended animation in such a state. If so, he'll have his means of capturing Luke and transporting him to the Emperor. In the carbon freezing chamber, Leia expresses her love for Han, to which he replies, I know, in typical Han Solo fashion. He is then frozen in a block of carbonite. Now that Vader knows that it works, the others are only good as bait. Leia and Chewbacca, along with presumably C-3PO, whom Vader only vaguely recognizes in a moment of weakness, are to be taken to the Executor and into Imperial custody. As for Han, he is turned over to Boba Fett so that Fett can take him to Jabba the Hutt for the bounty on his head. On Dagobah, Luke has a force-induced vision of his friends in pain. He refuses to heed Yoda and Obi-Wan's calls for him to stay on Dagobah and sets out for Bespin, promising to return to complete his training. Upon arrival at Cloud City, Luke is separated from R2-D2 and herded into a confrontation with Darth Vader, beginning in the carbon-freezing chamber. Elsewhere, Lando's security forces heed his call and stand up to the Imperials, allowing him to help Leia, Chewbacca, and C-3PO escape, 
They are soon joined by R2-D2 and attempt to stop Boba Fett from escaping with Han, but it is no use. The bounty hunter leaves Bespin behind. Our heroes then battle their way to the Millennium Falcon and launch from Cloud City. Meanwhile, Luke and Vader engage in a furious lightsaber duel that leads them through various levels of Cloud City, finally leading Luke out over a huge empty space within the city as if on a single girder hanging from the side of a skyscraper. The encounter with Vader costs him his hand, severed by Vader's blade, and Anakin Skywalker's lightsaber, which falls into the abyss. It will, however, be seen again years later. Vader offers Luke the chance to join him and overthrow the Emperor. He also reveals the terrible truth to Luke that he, Darth Vader, is Luke's father. Obi-Wan had lied to him. With a choice of doom or joining Vader in ruling the galaxy as father and son, Luke chooses to stay with the light side and allows himself to fall into the abyss. His fall eventually leads him to hang from a weather vane beneath the floating cloud city, from which the Millennium Falcon, now captained by Lando, saves him. With R2-D2's help, the hyperdrive then engages, launching them to safety, but the damage of the encounter has been done. Luke requires an artificial hand, much like his father had after his first encounter with Count Dooku, and Han Solo is still out there, somewhere, frozen in carbonite and in the clutches of Boba Fett. The hunt for Han Solo begins. The story continues in Part 4, available at StarWarsFanWorks.com. Prominent stories in this era include The Films, A New Hope, and The Empire Strikes Back, The Multimedia Event, The Force Unleashed, The Comic Book Series, Dark Times, Classic Star Wars, Classic Star Wars The Early Adventures, The Marvel Comics Series, also known as Classic Star Wars A Long Time Ago, and many more. The Novel Series, Coruscant Knights, The Han Solo Adventures, The Lando Carisian Adventures, The Han Solo Trilogy, The Standalone Novels, Death Star, Dark Lord, The Rise of Darth Vader, and many more. For a complete listing, see the Star Wars Timeline Gold at StarWarsFanWorks.com slash Timeline. 